0: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where every week I keep you updated on the latest trends and how-tos in coworking. I owned and operated coworking spaces for eight years and then served as the executive director of the Global Workspace Association for five years, and today, I work with hundreds of operators and community managers every month, allowing me to bring you thought-provoking operator case studies and inspirational interviews with industry thought leaders to help you confidently stay on top of what's important and what you can apply to your own role in the coworking industry. Welcome to the Everything Co-working Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. Thank you for joining me. We are a few weeks into 2024, but I would like to present the 2024 co-working industry predictions that Giovanni Pelvicini and I put together. We are also running this over on the Flex Uncensored podcast. And if you're not a listener yet, you definitely should tune in. It's a little bit different than this podcast. We tend to focus on interviews. We do almost exclusively interview format podcasts. We occasionally do solo episodes. So we do interviews with industry thought leaders, sometimes vendors, folks that Geo digs up that the world has not heard that much from, and folks that you have heard from, like Ryan Simonetti and Jamie Hoadari, etc. We actually just released the what I like to think it was the very first report, in-depth report of Vast co-workings acquisition of Intelligent Office. And Vast also owns VentureX and Office Evolution, making it the third largest coworking brand in the world now. So That was released last week. And so we held our predictions episode so that we could release that in a timely manner. So we recorded this a few weeks ago. And we don't have a crystal ball, but I think that we are going to be pretty right on with our predictions. It'll be fun to take a look back at the end of the year and see what came true. We have some that are a little bit bold and some that are probably a little bit more expected. So. If you don't know Giovanni, he is a commercial office leasing broker focusing exclusively on co-working and flex deals for operators and landlords. And if you ask me, he has the largest co-working industry network of anyone I know, maybe besides me. (laughs) And therefore, he just really has the pulse on how different markets are performing, how deals are getting done how operators are innovating, what they're thinking about, worried about, but he's mostly involved in transactions. He helps operators find locations. He helps asset owners who are thinking about flex. We do a lot of this work together um, because our skills don't overlap. He doesn't want anything to do with how to operate a space or to market a space. So He just has a lot of insight into what's happening in the marketplace. And then I, besides doing two podcasts every week, manage the co-working startup school. So we see what new operators are up to, the community manager university. So we have access to best in class operations through that program. And then we're also working with asset owners, doing a lot of feasibility work on helping them see what does it look like to add Flex to their portfolio. What does a management agreement structure look like? And we are working with some operators who are looking to take over existing spaces in their building for operators that are no longer going to run those locations. So we also see a lot of what's happening in the marketplace. So it was really fun for Gio and I to connect on this. And I think you're gonna enjoy this. And again, if you are not listening, Every week to the Flex Uncensored podcast. You should pull that up on your phone and hit the subscribe button and check it out. So happy 2024. This is our predictions episode, and we will see you next week. Geo, well, I guess this will not be our first episode of the new year. It'll be our third episode of the new year, but we haven't really connected. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you. It'll be our first episode of the year predicting 2024. How's it will that?
0: be. It'll be, yes. It will be. And by the time this airs, we will have gotten to hang out in San Francisco. You never come to town. I'm so excited.
1: Well, it's funny because I was working with Mark on some stuff with Liquid Space, and we've got something going on there. And I'm like, one of us should really be there. And he's like, I don't know if I can make it. I'm like, I'm happy to make it because Mm -hmm. I get to see Jamie in her backyard. And so hopefully I'll get to spend some time with you. And I reached out to Scott Chambers and- read thompson and, and know, try to get as much as i you... can get in in yeah. 24 i guess i'll be there right about 72 hours less than that so
0: well there's a Quick development run. near me i have to show it to you because it's perfect for somebody so since you're in town i'm we're gonna walk we're gonna walk by it um, Perfect. yeah maybe i'll have to see on tuesday what i can we have a bunch of stuff on tuesday that's why I was like i could hang out with you but we have a podcast recording on tuesday i have two Point, yeah oh shoot at night a lot going on. well, you're
1: today's your, today officially your last day in the mountains you headed home.
0: Yeah, we finally got some powder yesterday. We've had like no, I mean, there's snow on the ground from whatever, you know, it snowed a little bit, but not while we're here. So we've been here for a while.
1: So fresh Maybe. powder in time for you to go home.
0: Yeah, but we got some yesterday, so I'll take it. And then we just needed okay. a little like optimism that we're going to get more.
1: Well, good. Well, I'm yep. glad that you're headed so, home. Yeah, When's Dagny go back to school?
0: Monday. She has stuff tomorrow. Okay. And then I booked. Yes. I am booked solid tomorrow. Um busy, busy. She's gonna sag nicely into our to- wait, wait, tell me where you are. You're in Florida.
1: I'm in Florida. Just uh finished meetings with UFG, also known as Vast, co-working, also known as VentureX, also known as Office Evolution, also known as, by the time this airs, Go oh,
0: good point. By the time this airs, oh, okay, this is
1: also this, known right. <laughs> as Intelligent Office. So they've officially—I was informed that they've officially uh, acquired Intelligent Office. And funny enough, I was fl- flying in to have a kickoff meeting with the real estate team. And the real estate team didn't even know officially. So I went to dinner last night to meet the real estate team and the executive team for Vast walked in with the executive team from Intelligent Office. I was like, mm, I didn't know dinner was this big. And why are you here? And <laughs> voila, I was, I was invited to the closing dinner. I said, I guess, wow. essentially between the executive teams. And yeah, I was yeah. sworn to... 18 hours of secrecy, which by the way, Jamie got a, uh, I know something you don't know. And I can't tell you. Very true. <laughs> you me. did
0: not just do that.
1: <laughs> well, I couldn't keep it in. I had to know, I had to I say that I knew something that I couldn't well, I, say. I
0: wasn't going to ask you. Cause I was like, if I prod him, he's going to tell me and then I'll get in trouble.
1: No, I would. I don't think I. I I'm. Had you called, them, I might have told you I wasn't going to text it. But if, there, if, no if Jason Anderson leave is no watching record. this, there was no chance I would have ever said anything to anyone. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think so. Today's uh, podcast yeah. is essentially about predictions for 2024. So, what a better way to kick it off than uh, than that exactly, right? We're going to continue to see consolidation. We're going to continue to see. Just mergers and acquisitions overall, in addition to, to being space that's handed back and then it's picked up by another operator. So, I mean, the industry is just going to continue growing and some is going to be same brand is growing. Some are going to be, you know, different brands being acquired. And then last of all, I think there's going to be continued organic growth by existing brands.
0: Okay. So I have some questions about that. Um, yeah. Okay. So number one, Gio's prediction is let's call it more acquisitions. I want to dig into the acquisitions. Yes. Yeah, so, perfect. Do you think Vast will do another one in 2024, or do you think one a year is
1: we're maxed out? So funny enough, you and I exchanged this earlier. The so episode one of mm-hmm. uh, Flex Uncensored was <laughs> we coordinated specifically to have Jason Anderson on with the acquisition of Office Evolution by VentureX, right? So that was our very first episode. you pretty here first. Yeah, And wow. then that's why when I thought about it earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to call Jamie and Thank we've you. got to get someone from Vast on, which by the time you, you see this, you've heard yeah. the, or mm-hmm. listen, you've heard the one with Paula Mercer, yep. which will go live, I guess, last week. But I mean, I think that's a big part of it is their goal is to be, I don't have my shot glass, Bonvoy, right? They're trying to yeah. be the Bonvoy of co-working. And so as we all know, Bonvoy's got over 35 brands now. And so to answer your question is said I think they'll acquire other operators and they'll acquire them as quickly as they can. Oh. Right. And so okay. I don't know. Capital's not a, be no,
0: no, no problem with capital?
1: No. I mean, with the right deals they can find you know they get really strategic of I mean they've been doing this a long time so they're very strategic about how they go out and acquire these and I mean Jason's been having a lot of conversations I know that as overall um with various groups and so it all it's all timing as you well know I mean what did not make sense six months ago makes sense today and what made sense months ago six months ago doesn't make sense today right and so same thing applies um as we have these conversations, right, is the, there? we're going into, I mean, this year is going to be a really interesting year, right? To begin with, every election year is already has enough chaos of its own. Now we've added a socio-political agenda and things that are going on on multiple fronts. You've added in financial markets that are shifting and changing, right? I'm I've heard everything from interest rates aren't going to come down for yeah. another year to two yeah. to there's going to be four to five drops this year. I don't know, right? We don't know what that how that plays out. Gas prices, we've got, you know, war and other issue, political issues globally that are going on. And so I think there's a lot of things that are affecting those things. And I think that will affect um acquisitions. Yeah. Without a doubt.
0: Well, right, I suppose if somebody has capital or strategic deal structures that don't require a lot of capital upfront, faster growth than construction, which is super expensive right now. Okay, I think VAST needs a premium, even more premium than VentureX. I think we need to go the other end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean,
0: again- Jason, if you're listening- that's my opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, but but even then, if you look at, I mean, let's take, I mean, let's again, let's just stick to Bonvoy. If you take the Ritz Carlton, yeah, they've got the Four Seasons, they've got the Ritz Carlton, they bought the Autograph line. Those three right there are all super Wait, high. Bonvoy
0: has the autograph. Think- yeah, we stayed an autograph in Rome. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so even that's high end, but it's high end boutiquey. Right. The Ritz-Carlton is high-end luxury and the mm-hmm. Four Seasons is what I would call a high-end luxury almost. I mean, yeah. they're not like super bougie like the Ritz, but they're all high-end yeah. platforms and brands. And so the answer, I think they could add multiple of these, right? Yeah. And so- I'd like to see
0: them add maybe something boutique that gets them into, here's my one of my predictions, food and beverage. I think, okay. yeah, I think- Ventures. I think the industry is going to start adding food and beverage. It's not easy. You know, I, we talked about, I toured some spaces in London. Did they all have food and Bev? I mean, it was a pretty serious trend, like the cafe in the front, great vibe, great amenity for members, just not a lot of brands doing that here. So I think we, we need to experiment and figure out that model. So I think Vast could use a brand that helps them learn how does that work and have sort of a premium experience, even more premium than Venturex for their portfolio.
1: Well, agree completely. Right? I mean, I mean to me, Venturex is if I'm using something I know that I've heard them use, the Four Seasons. I would probably use something closer like the W than yeah. I would mm-hmm. um, yeah, Four agreed. Seasons. So I think you have the opportunity to do that, and so I think even stepping out from there. I think you're going to see some of the other brands. I mean, you've seen IWG do it, right? They changed from Regis to IWG because now they've got Regis, the traditional. They've got Signature, which is kind of a merge between Mm -hmm. Regis traditional and a Spaces. So there's three brands right there. Then they have Regis Express, not in the US, but they have it overseas. They've got their, what's, it's a number 18 18. or something like that. Yeah, it's number 18. In Atlanta, which is over the top social club type of yeah, deal. That's what I'm that talking about. I wasn't ever monetizable, right?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. no. Um, not scalable, not
1: kind of a weird. Yeah. But, but and then they've got a couple others in like Asia and stuff like that. But so we're gonna continue to see that. Right. So in my opinion, we're gonna see industries continue to try to figure out do they come up with another brand that allows them to grow outside of the urban cores, right? Because right, yeah. You can't take that brand to the secondary and tertiary markets, right? Yep. I think you you can yep. you cannibalize. Well, they
0: had that experiment nothing. we should get somebody on to talk about the experiment they were doing with Aval- Was it Avalon Bay. They were doing those little like outposts of 2,000 square yeah. feet and we were like how's that going to work? You don't think it's going to work. It doesn't. Think- <laughs> it doesn't
1: work, right? I mean, yeah. it's almost like what Regis tried with Regis Express. They're just, I mean, they're just not monetizable. They're not big enough. I mean, you have to have a pretty significant network of hub and spoke to even get spokes on your spokes, because that's what that ends up being, right? right? Is a spoke on your spoke, right? Try riding a bike with a spoke on a spoke. It just doesn't work very well.
0: Hey there. I am jumping in to share with you a free live training we have coming up on February 15th called Four Ways to Fund a Coworking Space in 2024. It's 2024, and you know there's more demand than ever for your coworking vision. You want to create your first coworking business, or you'd like to add a new location. But interest rates are crazy town. SBA loans, same. And lenders look at you like you're the abominable snowman when you say you want to do something in the commercial office sector. So, what's a passionate coworking entrepreneur to do? When the going gets tough, the tough get creative. Creative, but realistic. Join my totally free masterclass and we'll walk you through four creative ways to fund your coworking space in 2024. I funded two coworking spaces using creative financing, and I work with dozens of operators every single month through my coworking startup school, operator mastermind group, and coaching programs who are finding creative ways to fund their launches and their growth. So come join us, find out what's working and what's possible Join our free live training on February 15th. If you can't make it live, that's cool. We have a replay. Just register, save your spot, and that's the way you get the replay. But if you can join us live, you can ask all the questions you want and engage in the discussion in the chat. To register, open up your podcast player, click the details for the episode, and the link is right
1: there. We hope to see you there. And so I I think you're going to see industrious have to figure that out. I think that you're going to see you know, as WeWork comes out of this, right, they bought uh, Common Desk as, as you well know. So I think we're going to see some continued change, changes and shifts there. Because I mean, even WeWork, if you think about WeWork, they have, WeWork, they had the HQ model at one point, right, that they were doing. Oh, yeah. and they did, they bought CommonDesk. So I think you're going to continue to see that brand diversification, right? So I mean, if we're using, prediction one is growth overall, right? And yeah. so I think that's from acquisitions to some of these are just continued uh, brand growth and creativity on platforms, right? I think, and I'm not a marketing person, but I have been in this side of the business for 10 years and then 10 years on the retail side. You you have to have brand di- diversification and Identification from that I mean is like you've got the W and then you have the a loft by W, right? Mm-hmm. They they didn't name a watered down version of the W's Junior or just yeah, the yeah, W yeah. because then you have an expectation. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I'm staying in an AC hotel, which is kind of a newer kind How of. I've never been business. in an AC. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so an AC is like a Marriott by Courtyard for business people. So right about the same plat price point, but. It's on the bougier side, right? You walk in and they have a big open area. You like bougie. But I, <laughs> Yeah. I, no, I'm not as bougie as you, but I do. <laughs> but I kid you not, I was probably 15 feet from the front door and I could already smell the smell of the hotel because they have scents. The sense. You know, W uses sense. Yep. Lots of these use sense. And so I know what, when I walk into one of these places, it's going to look like, right? Last night, I stayed at a Fairfield. I knew what a Fairfield was going to smell oh, like. Right. <laughs> um, and <laughs> you know, I, that's just it, right? Is you start getting an experience, you know what you're getting, right? And so it's almost like when I go to convene, I know what I'm getting in a convene, right? Is yeah, you do. high in <laughs> <end> hospitality with, <laughs> yep. you know, multiple touch points from Amazing. a hospitality standpoint from their team, right? Yep. We can have a discussion over do they have too many team members or not all day long, um, versus an industrious where I'm getting a person and a half, maybe two people in the center. Again, great locations, great, great build results. out. But there's times where I walk in and there's not someone sitting at the front desk. And you know me, I help myself. Geo
0: likes to be greeted. Um, <laughs> yeah, Geo likes but, a little I mean, a little fanfare when he arrives.
1: <laughs> uh, duh, I mean. This is coming from someone who's like, I can't believe it. I walked into space in London and no one knew who no, I was.
0: Totally. I for sure like some fanfare. Uh, but
1: yeah, <laughs> I so, well, I mean,
0: I, to be seen I think you that's know.
1: true story. Yeah. But I mean, right. I, okay, think that's I have a- one more thing
0: to say about part. acquisitions. They're not that easy. It's no. not that many big brands, although even Kurt, I loved Kurt's email. Has anybody heard of these guys? They have eight locations where have they been hiding. So, hey, if you're listening and you have eight locations, we'd like to talk to you.
1: Yeah, I'm about after- to admit something pathetic that I probably shouldn't admit. Like I just got off a GWA board call in which uh-huh. we're trying to figure out some different things, right? Mm-hmm. From And you you used to run the organization. So, you know, it. we're trying to figure out, okay, who are we? What are we? How are we yeah. serving people? Mm-hmm. And this is all shifted and changed, right? Because yeah. there's no more people that are involved. There's more vendors. There's all kinds of stuff. And one of the questions that one of our board members asked is how many location or how many brands is there in the u.s there were six of us on the call nobody knew four of us answered it including myself and i was the last one to answer with a caveat of it's pathetic that none of us know on this call how how many many brands there are yeah or how many spaces there are
0: oh i mean that yeah eight thousand spaces in the u.s six to eight, but right. Brands. Right.
1: A well, lot again, do exactly not know, you know, I have yeah. someone throughout five, someone throughout seven, someone throughout eight, someone throughout over 10. And that's the problem with our industry is yeah. it's not new, but it's not mature and sophisticated from the standpoint of like back to hotels is I can buy a star report and tell you exactly how many rooms yeah. are in the submarket where I'm sitting, what the average occupancy is, what the average rate is. And understand all those things. We don't have that. And so at some point, we've got to figure all these things out in a way to consolidate stuff. And you and I have had conversations with Instant, with Liquid Space, with Office R&D, you name it. And it's going, how how do we create something that's consolidated so that we have a better understanding for the industry as a whole as to what's going on?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. So the industry is fragmented. And I think that makes acquisitions challenging because, I mean, the vast strategy it makes a lot of sense because they can acquire they can acquire brands that don't have to line up with their specific brand identity, right? So they're buying a portfolio of brands that each brings something different. We t- talked about this already. The challenge with like an industrious going and buying an operator is there are not other spaces that are you know ready to be industrious it's a, it's challenging to buy other operators i also think generally if an operator not always but generally if an operators for sale not going that well so what's the opportunity right
1: well and here's let's even think about it from a, a bigger standpoint right is what is and we've had rate we've had jason anderson on talk about the acquisition with office evolution we've had ray titus come on and okay. talk about just UFG as a whole, uh, his position on co-working in the future of work. And we're going to have Paul on from an operations standpoint, talk about what does all this look like? Because I know what was going on behind the scenes when OE was acquired by X, everything from what the franchisees' opinions were on both sides to what was going on on the operations team on both sides, uh, just all of it in general. Uh, the The other side of it is also... If you stop and you think about what other acquisitions are there, right, what's made a vast three, technically really two acquisitions, right? VentureX was an acquisition, but that's how they how they started the platform. Yep. Second, OE was a franchise group, right, with 80-plus mm-hmm. locations that had kind of stalled and hadn't been able to be overall financially stable, if you will. A family that owned it basically, or the two families, I think, that owned it basically got sick of cutting checks. and. You know, they, they, it was time to move on, right? And so there was franchisees involved. The acquisition with Intelligent Office don't know a whole lot about what their financials were. I know that they brought in Heather Harris to kind of help stabilize and figure out growth and all those great things.
0: And we had we should do we should do we like, had her no we had her on a up. few episodes ago. Yeah,
1: maybe we put a link tied to Jason
0: yeah,
1: we and Ray it. and on it. Yep, but. The reality is, they're another franchise group with fifty locations, fifty-five locations. I want to say, and forty-two yeah. franchisees.
0: Yep.
1: Stop and go. What other franchise is there for them to acquire? There isn't, right? I mean, other than maybe a one-on, you know, a group that we may not know about that's licensed or something License, like that. Yeah.
0: So yep.
1: A franchise is easy to acquire. It's still complicated, right? But it's yeah. easy to acquire for a franchise group. But for you to go acquire a operator that's not franchised, that, let's just use Flip as an example, right? If they went in and acquired Flip, which the conversation may or not have been had, then Flip has 20, whatever, 25 locations. Mm-hmm. He's not going to p- stay on as a franchisee and pay royalties on those 25 locations, right? right. I mean, the goal is you get franchisees to come on and buy those locations well now you've added a whole new dynamic yeah. you got to get 25 people whether one by one or in chunks yep. to agree to take over leases yeah. to then pay you a royalty to take over right so th- those acquisitions are way more complicated yeah. because i know ufg well enough and ray titus is not taking on 25 corporate leases yeah um in order to go turn around and sell them, he's not closing until he's got 25 people ready to take those 25 deals and not have to carry any of that liability, right? And I could be wrong, but I think I know Ray pretty well. Um, So that's the reality is these acquisitions become more difficult, right? Is there franchise groups outside of the U.S. that that could potentially happen, one? Or is there brands outside the U.S. that you could bring to the U.S. and franchise, right? Hey, and you know yeah. how do you do that? What does that look like? I don't know, but I mean, those are all dynamics that this isn't a corporate entity going. It's not a PE firm going and acquiring yeah. other right. companies that they're going to yeah. run as corporate locations, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, I do think that we will see that in the next few years. I do think that a PE group will come in and buy one of these.
0: Who give firms me an example?
1: And decide to grow it like who? from a PE standpoint. Like who? shift i love the shift brand right i think you you could grow shift across the entire country
0: you could uh, okay so they're gonna i mean pe usually wants something that's a little bit like not optimized already shift is pretty but let's back
1: up we can argue all day long that they're great in the three locations but why aren't they at eight to twelve locations in yeah. depth so scale so there's an right. opportunity to scale so Number yeah, one. they
0: could turn on some operational two. right
1: Hundred percent. Horsepower and, and just kind of. You know. there's a group that goes in and, and actually, vast should
0: buy shift. That's a great example of a bougie brand. With I know you're probably working on it. Okay, food and bev. That I like. Yeah. that's I'm going to put that on my predictions list.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is that too specific? So here's here's <laughs> a, a, again, back up. They only have three locations, right? They don't no, have. 50, but times, still, they're right? bougie
0: and they have a culinary, uh, concierge. I love that for sure hundred yeah.
1: percent, which goes back to my point of your question of who would, you know, why would a yeah. P group and who would they acquire? Okay. But the other side, in my, again, prediction long-term, right? This is a, I think a three to five year prediction Okay, okay. is a P group is going to put, be put together and they're going to go acquire firms, right? They're going to acquire, and I'm going to throw out names. None of these conversations are being yeah. had. So right. don't know. They're all the hypothetical. Or attorneys or, right. you know, I think you're going to get, you know, you got, caddo has got what? Yeah. Uh, they're pushing double figures in locations, right? They own uh, their real Cato. estate. Yeah. Uh, you've got Fuse in Austin that has, you know, currently they own three locations where they own their buildings too. You got Shift, we just talked about. You've got, I mean, how another about, how big about firm one.
0: Space?
1: Firm Space has a handful, right? Yeah. That's uh, Chicago.
0: Did you see the, that? The
1: problem with Firm Space is they don't have any uh don't have any mass right from the standpoint of shift's got three locations in denver Ooh. fuse has three locations in austin
0: yeah Tattos they got don't have any hub and spoke
1: eight yeah yeah right yeah you know yeah. then you look at a co-hatch right co-hatch has how many locations already throughout the country right privately owned yeah but, a but again model different I, yeah, I don't
0: it's know a funky that
1: model one. but again Let's be honest. I mean, there's plenty of funky models out there. It makes money, right? If it makes money, um, Pacific is another I'm one, not right?
0: Pacific, yeah, twenty five. Laurent's not,
1: not the youngest, right? Laurent's getting. And Laurent, ready if you're retire. listening, didn't mean that. <laughs> I, I meant it, right? He's ready to retire. He would tell you, right? You've got, and we've seen other people do it, right? I mean, we there's people that are, just get to the point where they're like, you know what? I'm ready to cash in my chips and and move on. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Pacific, you've got Pipeline, right? Or we're, I think we've been talking yeah. to Philippe about getting on.
0: I Have they been to the conference?
1: I don't know if he has, but it'll be great. To, I mean, actually meeting him tomorrow here in Miami. And then okay, uh, on, I guess the next couple of weeks on here, we're recording with him yeah. next week. But really smart guy, Harvard grad, uh, has done really well. Take further. You've got, I uh, always butcher this, Burrow. Uh, Michael, in, that
0: guy's been yeah. grinding for a long time. Right? We should yeah, have Michael on. Let's get Michael locations. on. Locations.
1: Yeah. I, I'm working on it. You've got okay. Laura, who we've got Laura scheduled Laura. Uh, with Quest, right? Yep. Who's been grinding for a while. So there, there's pl- people don't stop. And I mean, you just mentioned, I mean, the text that we got or email we got from. Kurt asking about someone that's got eight locations. And I'm like, I I don't even know who these people are. Mm -hmm. That's so- prediction. That's yours. I gave him up with the first one.
0: (laughs) No, mine was food and beverage. You got a list. Mine's food and beverage that more brands will start to experiment with integrating food and Bev.
1: Well, and I think the bigger part about it, we've been talking about this for a while. It's not just the brand, it's the asset, right? And so if you look at the overall office model is broken, right, is these large middle to large office buildings have cafes that are operated by an individual operator who literally is typically like a donut shop. It's a family that runs it. It's an individual. They're working up. They're waking up early to grind for breakfast. They're open till about two or three. They're typically they're typically not paying rent. They're typically paying a percentage of rent because they don't make enough money unless it's a, the assets big enough. But in most cases, the landlord is basically funding the operation to some extent, almost like a gym, right? It's an amenity.
0: Yep. Hey there, I'm jumping in again. This time, I'm speaking to those of you that are either getting ready to hire a community manager or who have a community manager and you would like to support their training and development. We know how challenging it can be for co-working space operators to create their own training and development material to support their community managers. And this is so important in terms of onboarding new community managers and supporting the growth of your existing community managers. And we're getting towards the end of the year. What a great holiday gift, end of year gift to give to your community manager. So the platform is really around a couple of things. One is access to a community of like-minded folks. We have a very active Slack group with really wonderful questions that are posed every single day. And we find that's one of the biggest values. We have community managers from all over the world. And this is an excellent group of community managers that have invested time and effort into getting better at that role. And they are the kind of folks that you want your community manager to be by and hanging out with, and they know their stuff. Or sometimes they don't, and they ask questions, and we help them out. So I'm in the group. We have coaches that are in the group to support them. So we love when they ask questions for things they need help with, because the other aspect of the program is really around helping them get resources they need to make their jobs easier and to learn things that they can use in their role to be better at their job. So We provide some done-for-you resources like Google Business Posts, detailed event ideas, et cetera, that they can just kind of grab and go and use. And we also provide monthly resources that add to our training library so they can do our certification. And then we have a lot of electives that help them kind of get better at all the things that go with the role. So the our community managers wear a lot of hats. So we break our content into industry knowledge for new community managers, community building operations, sales and marketing, and leadership. So the leadership bucket is great for our more advanced community managers. We also have virtual office and digital mail training and coffee training for anybody who needs to know how to use commercial. Coffee brewers. So, we uh, have some of the, I'm just going to give you kind of a sampling of content that we have. So, in our community building modules, we have hosting your first member events, building community with budget friendly events, member event swipe files, our sales and marketing modules. We have tour training. We have the training on the full co working sales funnel. So, they understand what that looks like. We have social media planning frameworks. We have, what else do we have? Three simple steps to an effective marketing newsletter. These are just some of our samples. Ooh, these are some of our best utilized topics. Demystifying the process of letting your co-working members use your address for their Google business listing, how to close a tour operations modules, how to set up automations, how to do a new member onboarding audit, simple ways to use AI to boost your productivity. We have over 40 courses in the program. So we cover kind of higher level topics. And then we also cover things that are timely, like the CMRA updates, Google business updates, et cetera. So We get together monthly to do official training, and we also host a best practice sharing call, which is one of the fan favorites of the group and the Slack group. So if you have any questions at all about the program, don't hesitate to reach out. You can learn more and register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash community manager. Now back to our episode.
1: And so I think... A lot of those went out of business during COVID and haven't been brought back because yeah. there's not enough people to drive. It was already an issue to, for one of those operations to be funded by the people in the building. You were hoping for people to walk from one of the adjacent right. buildings or just be like, oh, they've got a great sandwich shop, and you stop by from somewhere else. But not likely. So I think that these landlords are now looking – for operators that are going to be able to program the building. And that includes F&B. It yeah. includes uh, overall programming for events, right? Happy hours or, you know- Institutional right, landlords.
0: People. You're talking about institutional landlords. Like somebody- Well, and I, mean think
1: it. the, I mean, let's define institutional, right? I mean, I think it's the medium to large operator owners, right? Yeah. Because we've seen Bridge do it, who he's, they're not- I wouldn't argue they're institutional at whatever 16, 17, whatever, 20 million square feet. To me, institutional. I mean, okay. 50 on the road plus million square feet.
0: Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But even back to it, I mean, I think some of the the smart a great example, quadrant investments, right? You've never heard of them. If you looked them up, they're in Dallas based. Guy was at a very large firm before. And he just he's super trendy and cool and He's doing developments that are boutique uh, office buildings. They're more like you would see in a trendy boutique hotel or apartment complex. Right. And so the feel is completely different. They're not institutional. They, they okay, are. Let's
0: call that, yeah. Let's call that a trend. The uh, resort office.
1: Yeah. But uh, totally right. There, you've yeah. got people have to have a reason to come, right? Exactly. And these are, these are all included in F and B, right? And I yeah. think just I'd replace F and B with amenitization of office, okay. right? Let's
0: call, let's call it the, the the resortification of office.
1: Totally cool with that, right? So you've got, <laughs> you've got the F and B component, you've got the programming, yeah. which includes fitness, social, yeah, peloton, uh, overall, just property management, right? Property management is going to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're seeing that already. I can't say we're seeing it done well in most no. cases. but I, that's okay. what I think where, is like
0: infancy. I mean, you've, right, you named a couple of examples here and there.
1: JLL Flex, right? Yeah. JLL Flex yeah. now falls through the property management arm of JLL, right? Yeah. AY has been trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. All the big firms, I mean, at one point, CBRE had, man, I want to say, Four different property management platforms that were all trying to figure out the same issue. I mean, I still remember walking into a space in Atlanta and there was the security desk, um, the security kiosk, there was a spaces desk next to them, totally not attached. Then there was an X, I think they call it like XYZ or something like that, which was like their cafe with co-working space. And I'm like, there is way too much, Where, which desk do I go first? to yeah. to get uh, needs met, and so I think ultimately we're going to continue to see that. Right? Is, is it's going to become more more like a hospitality, a uh, hotel play, right? A hospitality play, property are all going to tie into that, and I th- I think operators are going to play a big part of that if they play their cards right. I th-
0: yeah, because they're equipped to do it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna go from resortification of office to the other side. I think we're going to see more co warehousing. Is that on the list? Is
1: that on your list? I see that as just continued brand diversification and product offering, right? So, yes, I think there's going to be more of that. I think that's one of them, right? And the problem is who's going to be good and who is not, right? I mean, your great example is we can, you got who the Phoenix space that you were trying to help get the galvanized landlord do an assessment of co working and everything else. You showed. Up and they had co warehouse, and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's 100% leased. They have a way, we're like, list. We're they killing it. it. And,
0: and the best thing, if any of the brokers are listening, they were like, Yeah, our broker was like, I don't know what to do with this, so we just leased yep. it ourselves and it's full.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and they're like, What um, is
1: this even? <laughs> yep. Yeah, then you've got the sawbox guys, and you've got a cup cube and a couple yep. of these other co ware which by but the way, even... I'm to figure out how to get these people on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know the sawbox. Folks, a little bit. Megan reached out because I'm guessing the GWA is looking for something. But I had them teed up for a panel that I did on co warehousing. But I think they were too late. But uh, Dave and Laura Fisher. Did you meet Dave and Laura at Juicy? Uh-huh. They're in yeah Houston. They're doing co warehousing. Another guy yep. who comes to GWA conferences, Seth. Uh oh, I'm gonna get it right. Is it Rosen? Oh, Seth. I gotta look up Seth's name. He's doing some co warehousing in Albany. So I think we're seeing even like smaller scale operators yes. get into it but at like the same it.
1: time i'll tell you there's groups that have tried that are failing no oh, right yeah? because hmm. they haven't thought it looks through easy, some things but it's not
0: as easy as it looks
1: well part of them are i mean figure out who you are and stick to who you are right and yeah. so you know this even plays into uh, not pre- nah, it's a prediction slash a trend but landlords that are tra- Do flex right, and we'll get it. I think that'll be three, we'll get into that next for sure. But yes, there's some of these operators that are like, Oh, we're co warehousing, but we're kind of co working. I'm like, "Uh, What are you? Are you an office or you co are you a warehouse? Right, you You got to lean into
0: one for sure.
1: And even softbox did it. If you look at their model, originally they had call it, I'll use say a third of their office space or a third of their space was office, yep, with some conferencing. Then they had the reception, then they had the warehousing. Right, the last few that I've seen their offices are actually in the warehouse portion. And so it's really co-warehousing that happens to have an office component within yep. the, the warehouse. It, as opposed well, to they probably saw the, that's how
0: people are using the space, right? That's they're yeah, it's not sure. it's really more integrated than not.
1: And so some of the, these spaces that I've seen went over the top in their overall build-out, right? They spent yeah. too much money. Can't have they bougie made co-warehousing.
0: Not nah, good no, yep.
1: I mean, <laughs> if, if you're showing up to do a, you know, you own a sock, a monthly sock company. Yep. How nice does your space have to be, right? Yep, if nice. you are sending contact lenses bi-monthly to Costa Rica from mid- the Midwest, why does it matter what your yep. space looks like, right? And so I think that's just it. And that's just growth. It's just learning. Oh, right. it's just, I think
0: that's a sick like a cycle of industries, right? So it's like overinvestment and then people figure out, oh, that doesn't work. I mean, we've seen it in coworking. You can't spend, you know, there's a limit to what you can spend and make that back.
1: Yeah, with, yeah. without a doubt. So okay. I think that's that's gonna continue to be something that gets worked out, but I mean, just we therapy space, right? I mean, we oh, have therapy space, yes. And who would have guessed, right? Is Signed two leases with him. Uh, we're working on a few more. Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty aggressive over the next few years on what they want their growth to be, and all they do is counseling space, right? Gotcha. Therapists. So uh um, they
0: need well, they need a similar build-out. Do they push for like heavy TI and free rent? Like no, really? I mean our
1: deals are turnkey, right? Oh, turnkey. Well, you we're know what? That's find, really funny
0: because I had two. Similar models go through my startup school and they also both got turnkey build outs.
1: Interesting. Yeah, but again, their turnkey build out was uh, the last one we got was 48 bucks, right? They, so we're getting still our office heavy.
0: Day. He's doing an office heavy model and you need, but good... again,
1: we're looking for four to 6,000 yeah, feet. feet. In those yeah. cases yeah. that are already built out, You're pretty talking, efficiently. Hey,
0: we need 20,000 feet and we need 100 bucks to foot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, you can yeah, find, yeah. I
1: can come up fine. Four to eight thousand feet. I know. If I was pre- going to start over, man, out. that's the model I would do. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to if you're going out to find ten to twenty, you're having to find out significant build out. Yeah. Which, by the way, is either really old today or it wasn't built right because yeah. we're in this era where people are like, everything's open and collaborative, and we only need four exterior offices, and everything else is going to be, you know, neighborhood working. Well, you know it. And and part of it too, remember, therapy space is looking for hard wall, hard door offices. I can go find millions of square feet of that that were built in the 80s that we can slap lipstick on and make it work. We're not saying it's
0: okay if the offices are a little bigger, I guess in that case. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Right. You know, you're not having to do all glass office fronts and glasses yeah. in set and windows, I mean, and doors and everything else.
0: That's a good business. So it's a little different. So, yeah.
1: you know, yeah. go warehousing, you've got the specialized space with, you know, the therapy space example. Yeah. You've got people that, I mean, law firms, we've seen that happen already, right? Is you're kind of building out the same kind of space. Yeah. Now, people yeah. tried that a while back. I think we're going to continue to see that as people go out on their own more and more because they're like, why am I part of a firm? Or... You know, I don't want to go all the way to the urban core. You know, we're going to continue to see that. I think what we haven't seen yet that I think, I think we're going to see is healthcare, right? And no, that's totally different- seen
0: that. I have had a bunch of folks go through my startup school doing shared healthcare spaces, and a matter of fact, I need to get them on my podcast, putting them on my to do list.
1: Gosh, yes. so you make me come up with all the hard people and you take all the good people. And
0: Totally. I do uh, make you come up with the hard
1: people. <laughs> you're like, we need to come up with more people. I got to listen to 20 I haven't 20 even been people, helping you out. Online. I know. I'm just
0: like, Geo, you know what? Because you know it's hard. I can't do it for two podcasts. It's too many people to think, I, think about. I
1: know. Yeah. I know. Okay. And I know. you're very good about that. You're, you're not ever like, oh, wait, I want them on mine. There's been a couple of times where, like, you know what? They'd be better on yours.
0: I've been a little tempted. Right. It typically no, it's like-
1: when they're they're super uptight and they're like, I need pre-questions. I'm like, I'm not the right person because I'm going to stump you on purpose.
0: <laughs> and ask you lots of personal questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. So I think we're going to continue to see that. I mean, we're seeing it. I, You know, part of what I haven't done a whole, I need to reach out to a couple of these groups that were doing like these bio med spaces mm-hmm. where you had all this lab space in the middle and then they had their individual, offices for R&D or whatever they were yep. doing. Well, like the woman um, uh, because, from,
0: oh gosh, what is the brand? The woman who was on my panel at the GWA. I'll think of it in a second.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so I think we're going to continue to see stuff like that. I mean, yeah, we the, the crazy part about it is people don't think about this. Like we've seen artists co-ops and, yep. you know, creative types do this for a long time. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... Typically, it's in warehouse space or yeah. tertiary space that's yeah. cheap because Not very you know, yeah. But I mean, we're going to continue to see that evolve is just overall use of space and product.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I think we probably both have this on our list. I called it management agreements. You're calling it landlords getting involved.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's two sides of that. I think landlords have realized that they need to be in the flex space one yep. way or the other. Right. Yep. And the easy part is a lot of those are just going to do more and more spec suites yep. or turnkey spaces. Yep. Um, okay. I think that's an easy one
0: Yep.
1: Uh, from the management deal side of it. And we had Perion that was a great example of, because people talk yeah. about all these management. He he said the two words that are being overused are management and Snowflake. enterprise. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so part of it is they're really partnership deal slash, you know, some type of percentage rent deal. Right. And so more and more of these landlords are realizing, hey, we want to participate because we want to say in how it's built out. We want to say in how the the tenants in that, inside the space are, are going to grow within our space or contract or, you know, have a collaboration even where people are going, hey, we need two floors, but then we need another space to contract in and out of to some extent. Um, In some cases, even just for meeting space or ideation space or things like that. And so, you know, that's a big part of it is what does that overall look like? And, you know, how does that play out? But, you know, I think the management side Has been overused and is not, there's not as much of a runway as people think there is, right? Because, and again, I want to be very clear there's a difference between a management, non traditional, the management deal and the non traditional retail type of percentage rent or partnership agreement, right? Those are two totally different things. A management deal is very, it's, middle of the fairway, literally landlord, you are putting all the money up, 100% of the money up. You're putting 100% of the money up for the build out, 100% of money up for the FF&E, 100% of the money up for the operation of the business. You are putting 100% of the money up for the operation of the the triple nets of the building, right? So literally the landlord is 100% responsible. The tenant, Really? And it's not even a tenant. What they are essentially is an operator that has a hospitality agreement
0: Yeah,
1: is running the space, right? So I don't think there's that many of those deals.
0: No, there's not that many of those deals. And (laughs) I'm working on one for a landlord. I won't say where, but he called me and he's like, he did not know who I was. I can't remember how he found me and uh, sent him a proposal. And he was really nervous. He's like, you know what? I have this you know, proposal, and I think it's a scam. And so how do I know you're not a scam? (laughs) It's like, okay, I totally get it. Let me walk you through, like, you know, what my background is and and what I'm doing and give you a couple of examples. (laughs) It's like, this management agreement thing is, looks like a scam to me. (laughs) I was like, okay, right. That's one way to look at it. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I think, I mean, you're seeing it, we're both seeing it. We've worked, we have a, a lot of overlap right now too. We're working on a bunch of similar uh, working on different angles with a bunch of folks on these projects. But I feel like all of a sudden asset owners, property managers, like all sorts of folks sort of getting, they're starting to get it. Like we need to get involved here. What does that look like? Some of them want to learn to do it themselves. Some of them want to, most of them want an operator, uh, <laughs> A lot of flavors of that, but I think we're really starting to see the flywheel on that start to spin.
1: Where'd you go? Yeah. Uh, So I think that's going to be interesting. So the the way that continues playing out, because a lot of people that have heard the overused buzzword of management deals think that's I mean, I even know there's some franchises trying to go after management deals. And I'm like, guys, by the time you pay or franchisees, by the time you pay your royalties on a franchise, and then you pay uh, some type of management fee. And then on top of that, who's actually signing for the franchise location, the numbers just don't make sense, right? And I think as a lot of these landlords dive in and really take a look at as long as these operators look at it. I mean, you and I've run a couple of these courses in different capacities. And hopefully in the next few months, we'll do more and more of them. But the reality of it is I tell people, are you ready to get a boss, right? Because the minute you sign one of these deals, you have a boss. And I, I think the great example I, that we use with Perry was like, oh, trust me, we have people that are literally calling us every week and they want to know exactly what the numbers are and who they are. Actually, no, it wasn't, it, you know what? It wasn't with uh, Scott James It wasn't with Perry. It was Mark. Uh, in Dallas that you're talking to and I'm talking to, he's like, oh, I I can tell you right now, if we ever did one of those deals, my partner would be one of those ladies that would call every single week. And she does currently in the existing space that we have with Common Desk. And she wants to know what the numbers are, what the occupancy is, how many leads they got, how many people toured, how many deals they closed. And I'm just like, imagine that, right? Imagine getting uh, a handful of those landlords and they'll drive you crazy. And literally you're doing it for peanuts.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's the thing. You should be all over those Good. numbers as an operator. That should not be the hard part. But having to spend the time, and of course, then you're like, you're probably never going to win. They're never going to think it's enough. And so just having to go to sleep worrying about that every night. I hear you, Jamie
1: Let's stop and think about it. If there's 8,000 locations, yeah, I would be very. Very comfortable telling you that 75% of those locations do not have that information that you I just know, said. I know, you're
0: totally right, Gio. Okay, you're right. They should. That's all right. I'm saying.
1: Pick up the phone right now and call Flip and ask him what the occupancy is in each of his locations. 100%. No way.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah. He just, I missed a call today. He did a KPI session on new locations. Remember, Juicy, my kick ass panel? He was on there talking about numbers. That guy knows it. Somebody on his team knows it. Flip might be busy. That's playing, a different story.
1: I would not say that someone and- on his team doesn't. I didn't say that. I said flip's that's too busy fine. playing okay. tennis to know these numbers. Yep. Right. He prepares and he knows and he's got a team that does it. But my point is there's plenty of people that if you picked up the, the phone and called the person who your relationship is. And that's why example I always use is when you do a deal with industrious, you're not talking to Jamie Hiddart. You're not talking to no. Justin. You're not right. talking to Perry. You're talking to someone down the, the same as Common You're not talking to Nick Clark. Yeah. You're not talking to Dawson We're probably talking and Nick so Park that's and the Dawson. reality of you there have you to have the right people that are supporting you to yeah. be able to answer those questions yeah. and know that when they get the call from the landlord that number one yeah, they're they professional enough yeah. number two they are able to communicate and because if you think about it most people that know those numbers are not super outgoing people that can manage the relationship judging as well the
0: nerds the number nerds
1: no I'm not judging them it's reality okay It's reality. The same way as if someone called me and asked me for detail, Jamie, come on. If you were to ask me to figure out how to finish, you're gonna you're gonna end this recording right now. Yeah. And you're gonna send me the link. And you were to ask me to figure out how to get this on the calendar (laughs) (laughs) on a date with the right context on the right platform. Well, I have an SOP for that. You know what? We can skip a few weeks of the episode till you feel better because I don't even know where to go, right?
0: <laughs> I know, but that's so the reality that. of it.
1: There's yeah. a lot of these operators that want to go out and do these deals that have don't have the ability to follow through with what it takes to, the, to do you, a management. The
0: reporting. Yeah. I guess you're probably right. I probably am giving uh, fellow humankind too much credit. Okay. we're It's the long one, Gio wait, what else is on my list? I got to go back up to the top here. Co-wareha- okay. That was it. I put three on there. So management agreements, co-warehousing, uh, and BEV, which we've changed to the resortification of office space. You had specialized space for acquisitions. You also had landlord involvement. What else?
1: So the last one I'll, I'll say is the financial markets, right? The financial markets are going to dictate a lot of yep. what happens yep. in the next year. And from multiple standpoints, number one is there's people that have existing space in buildings that are going to go back to a lender, you know, and so what does that relationship play like, right? And I
0: mean, existing I think sorry, the, operators or well,
1: members. the existing operators. If you're operating a space in the building and the landlord can't pay oh, their rent anymore, yep. it goes back to yeah. the bank, yep. right? And, and so, what? or not rent, they're paying their mortgage.
0: And then right? the bank and is the- like, I'm sorry, who's this on the third floor? Yeah. What is this business model? Yeah,
1: yeah. and so you got to figure that out, right? So there's yep. going to be some that's affected by the markets, right? Because there's been, because people's loans are coming up and they can't afford to pay. Yeah. I mean, did you know the SBA loan right now is 11 and a half percent?
0: No, I did not know that.
1: That's insane.
0: It's it's like a credit card. Hey, hey, put your bill out on a credit
1: card. (laughs) Exactly. Some of these landlords that have that have lease that they have. Sorry, they have paper out. They have agreements with their banks. They have notes out at three and a half, four, four and a half, five, five and a half percent. Are going to start getting renewals on their paper at. Six and a half, seven to nine percent. Right, the numbers just don't make any more oh, right. make sense yeah. anymore. And we're already seeing big names, big landlords handing keys back. Right, so some of the operators going to have that happen in space that they in buildings that they're in, and they're going to have to figure out that relationship with the bank. Right, that's the reality. Of it. Number two, that.
0: what are we doing about that? I don't. Yeah, we have, we need to get an economist on the show.
1: Yes you're on it
0: who has one it's bill bennett
1: yes he does
0: let's um get bills uh
1: so the other side of it is you're going to see more and more people that want to buy buildings because there's building buildings are going to go back to them and i'm already seeing this people are like well why aren't we buying buildings i'm like well the buildings that you that are going back to banks right now right number one you can't afford number two they're not in the right location, right? If yeah. we're trying to build out in Austin and you want buildings in the suburbs of Austin, those aren't going back to the bank, right? They're just- Those are occupied. Right?
0: Those, those are doing-
1: If you're crazy. in the urban yeah. core, different story. Do I think there's gonna be banks, that buildings that go back to the banks in downtown Austin or in the urban core? Yes, mm-hmm. yes to some extent. But those aren't buildings we want. They're not buildings we can afford. If you wanna, if you wanna take risk and go into- uh, I guess, gentrifying or financially struggling markets and wait it out. You've got enough cash to wait it out. San Francisco, right? Suburbs of San Francisco to some extent, right? There's going to be that opportunity, Seattle, Minneapolis. I mean, there's going to be some of those markets where you can, but you're going to have to wait it out. Make sure that you buy it right. Make sure you have enough money set aside. Um, And the other part that people don't think about is when they're like, oh, we want to go buy our buildings. I said, well, you realize there isn't a Ti package when you buy buildings, you are now responsible for the purchase of the building and for the build out of the building. There isn't a Ti package for that will help you get it. right.
0: Nobody's giving oh, a chance. absolutely. If you can finance it, it
1: at it nine and a half ten by... percent, right? It, which right. doesn't make sense anymore, right? I mean, I can tell you, I've had deals fall apart over the last six months over the fact that they made sense at five percent, even five and a half percent. They don't make sense at seven and a half, eight yep. to nine yep. percent. Yeah. They just don't, right? And so that's just for the purchase of the building. Now you're trying to put in all the build out and then all the FF&E, right? So let's say you're yeah. acquiring a building for 200 now bucks a foot on the low end.
0: Tell me something. But, tell me something. But there's
1: opportunity, but there's people that are going to be able to do that, right? There's opportunity okay. on that side yeah. of it. There's people that are going to swoop in and buy those buildings that go back to the banks that are going to be able to take advantage of that. But the reality is, is It's not going to be easy, right? I mean, financial markets affect everything, but for those of us that are willing to go out and work hard and get in the way of opportunities like you and I have already, there's going to continue to be more of those, right? And there is no doubt that my number one Desire for my clients is to own their real estate, right? Oh, because you're, know. you're playing. I just mentioned that on my own
0: podcast. I was like, if anyone had ever suggested that before I did my first location, like I would be on the beach right now, not talking to you. No, but I mean, yeah. I just. It, yeah, I agree with you.
1: And so, I mean, you're going to continue to see that. So, from financial markets is going to affect a lot of what happens in yeah. the next year. I'll give you an example. We just signed another lease right now. I've got two leases out. Three? No, three leases out right now. Nice. One is in Nashville where we've signed yep. the lease. Yep. And it goes to the lender for approval. Mm-hmm. So the lender has to approve the TI. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, that client of mine
0: yeah. has
1: already had one landlord say, no, we won't sign the lease in Virginia. So we literally negotiated, signed leases to the point where the lender said, we're not falling through with this. But and we that was- will not support ago.
0: like a commercial- project.
1: No, and it wasn't against co-working. They just didn't right. want to cut the $100 commission check. I mean, the $100 die uh, check. Oh. Yeah. So that's one. I've got yeah. two which are contingent upon SBA lender approval, right? And so well, that's- who's
0: getting a loan at 11%? Okay. The,
1: the numbers work if you do the right deal. That's why you got to call okay. me. I'll negotiate the right deal. Okay. Uh, just keep in mind, so we're negotiating between- Nine and I've got a deal right now that's got 18 months of free rent, another one that's got twenty-four months of free rent. So the reality is is our per in a perfect world, we basically it's gonna take us six months to build it out, right? Where we've got free rent for another twelve to eighteen months, call it. We're 24 months in two years the financial market looks different than it does today yeah. it has to even if it's three or four years you basically refinance at a at a later date and your interest rate comes down and i think as most sbas are fluid anyways i don't think you're locked in for a time period so the part that's horrible is it could get worse yeah. but it could yeah. get better right and so eleven and a half percent is pretty bad worse.
0: yeah um, <laughs> Hopefully, we're And so
1: that's up. just the reality of it is, but those are three deals that I, on my own, currently have tied to financial markets, right? Whether it be a lender, it's uh, approving the existing deal uh, that they have with the building or two operators that are out getting their own SBA loans.
0: Yeah, so you're at the mercy of the capital markets. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. so if those deals don't go through, I'm moving in and you're- Yes, totally. bedroom in Tahoe. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but that's just that's ultimately what we're having to to go through is the, and and it's not the first time, right? People act like the world's you know doom and gloom, and everything so yeah. in in you and I's professional life, there's been three of these already, right? right? This is yeah. it's not like a once in a lifetime deal. I mean, this happens every ten to fifteen years. They just look different, and this time looks very different,
0: yeah. Totally. Okay. 2024, here we go. Let's see. We'll, it's going to we'll be an awesome to, we'll year. Do a, we'll do an end of year uh, review to see how our predictions came out. I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks, Gio. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, tell a friend, hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. It makes a huge difference in helping others like you find us. If you'd like to learn more about our education and coaching programs, head over to everythingcoworking.com. We'll see you next week.